Hello, Christina. Hello. I think it's Wednesday and we release on Wednesdays. This wow, has to be a first. A Wednesday podcast. It's been the first at least in like all of 2023. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Probably most of 2022 as well. <laughs> so we just had a conversation with uh, Amy Burks, who is a strategist, life coach, all kinds of, honestly, every type of career, but really fascinating conversation about kind of the philosophies of life and how being more human ends up kind of giving us the freedom back that we all are looking for and giving us the ability to change the world in a way that we're looking for rather than some of the overwhelm that we tend to feel otherwise. But just fascinating philosophy and just really interesting conversation. She's thought a lot about this and there's so much depth to it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, you know, not shocking to us at all, but always validating and nice to hear actual success stories of people realizing that the more human they are and the more human they show up for other people and allow them to be human, the more successful they are financially and in life. It's quite amazing. (laughs) Having tried every other method, humanity's finally coming back to its roots. (laughs) I know. And still being resisted. I mean, we're still trying to take the humans out of all business decisions (laughs) and workplaces. (laughs) So yeah, we're not quite learning that. But some people are, which gives us hope <laughs> for the rest of humanity. Uh, it's funny how many of these conversations we end up quoting, like ancient philosophies, yeah. uh, which have been around for 2000 years. And we're, we're finally like getting back to uncovering them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it makes for interesting conversations and it makes for validation and a little bit of confidence to keep going and knowing that th- this is the way. And the Mandalorian also agrees. This is the way. <laughs> Trust the process, or at least the Mandalorian. That'll be our new new infographic. (laughs) Yeah, so go go forth and prosper. Let's put a little Star Trek with the Mandalorian. I wonder if they would get along. (laughs) Would they actually be able to communicate? I think that's an entirely different... This is starting to sound like a Friday conversation about slap happening to come here. (laughs) But that's an entirely different podcast episode. Mandalorian and Star Trek, will they get along? Yeah, we'll, we'll save human. that Let's one. Let's talk about aliens. <laughs> we'll save that one. Well, enjoy. Please enjoy. Welcome to Uncover the Human, where every conversation revolves around enhancing all the connections in our lives. Whether that's with our families, co-workers, or even ourselves. When we can be our authentic selves, magic happens. This is Christina Amigoni. And this is Alex Colomor. Let's, Let's dive, dive in. in. Authenticity means freedom. Authenticity means going with your gut. Authenticity is bringing 100% of yourself, not just the parts you think people want to see, but all of you. Being authentic means that you have integrity to yourself. It's the way our intuition is whispering something deep-rooted and true. Authenticity is when you truly know yourself. You remember and connect to who you were before others told you who you should be. It's transparency, relatability, no frills, no makeup, just being. Well, welcome back to this episode of Uncover the Human Today. Christina and I are joined by our guest, Amy Burks. Welcome to the podcast, Amy. Hello. I'm so happy to be here with you guys. Very excited Hi. about this conversation. Oh, Hi, excited Amy. To have welcome. You. So, Amy, first to give people a little background, tell us your story. What got you where you are? Oh, my. It feels like such a like a simple question that's my friend Bob would call it simply complex. So, I mean, if we're talking like career, then I can backtrack through there. If we're talking about like the human in me, which 
involves some of the career stuff. I can talk about that too, but we'll keep it simple and just go with work. So I am now a strategist and I help purpose-driven brands to scale without sacrificing the things that really matter. And the way that I got here was by way of a very hazard sort of career that probably started, if I'm being really honest, back when I was five years old and um, the kids in the neighborhood wanted to like build a lemonade stand. And I knew like all the exact ways that we were going to do it. We're going to like, you know, we're going to use this kind of crystal light. This is where we're going to set it up. This is what the sign's going to look like. And this is how we're going to offer it. This is what we're going to charge, all those things. And it was back then that I think like the seeds of what I call my GPS brain were being sown. And so I've always really been able to see in maps and understand the easiest, most efficient and fun way to get to a result. And so that and my innate deep, deep curiosity took me on this like circuitous route through my career and from jobs in retail and fine dining and in banking and in selling cars and nonprofits and doing all these really random things that at the time I used to beat myself up about because I felt like, oh, I'm really inconsistent. Why can't I just like pick a job in a you know industry and stay there? And like, what's the deal? And I think at heart, I really was hoping to find a company that would would like see my value and would then invest in me and, you know, help me become what I thought I needed to become as far as, you know, like a successful human is concerned. And so so I found that finally in my job in finance or one of my jobs in finance and, and ended up moving up through the ranks and was working on enterprise projects in a Fortune 25 bank doing project management and strategic planning. And it just like, it still wasn't enough. I was like, why do I have to keep filling out these PTO requests? Why can't, why is my time not my own? Like I have this enviable job and why does it not feel like enough? I'm making a ton of money and I get to be remote when before it was a thing that everybody could do. And so it kind of became untenable. Like the, like it just became this scenario where I was like, all right, I just can't really see doing this anymore. And so I started consulting and then that became its own circuitous path because I originally thought I had no really marketable skills. Like I couldn't look back at my career with kindness to myself and say like, wow, look at all these things that I can do. I thought, oh, I'm just going to be a life coach. And so I went and got a certification and was like, that's going to make me credible. And now I'm going to go start this business. And then I like promptly realized that I had zero understanding of like what I was going to do to to build the business and grow it. And so I spent a year spinning my wheels trying to figure that out. And then was at a retreat with some work colleagues, some other entrepreneurs. And one of them was like, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to figure out how to get this retreat built and sold. And I just like, I can't get out of my own way. I don't know what to do. And I was like, well, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. And so in like 12 minutes, I had helped her map out, you know, the whole strategy for launching the thing. And everybody in the room was like, what just happened? And I was like, what? I just used my GPS brain. I saw the map and then we figured it out. That's like, you guys can all do that. Right. And they're like, no, we can't. And I was like, "What? you don't see in maps too. And they're like, nobody does. Nobody's brain works like that. Are you kidding? And I was like, what? Like, I thought everybody could do this. I had no idea that that was a marketable skill. And then it suddenly dawned on me and they were like, you should be helping business owners with their businesses. And I was like, oh, I guess that does make sense. And so I've had the business for 10 years. That that conversation happened just about nine years ago. And now here I am and thriving and loving what I do. And the people that I work with are just like so brilliant and doing such wonderful things in the world. And the fact that I get to help them scale more easily and simply means that they're making a bigger impact in the world and that couldn't make me happier. So that's the very long, simply complex story of how I got here. <laughs> that's awesome. 
It's that funny awesome. how much like our innate gifts, the things that we just kind of default to become invisible to us over time. We don't really even think of them. We don't see them. We don't notice them until somebody kind of points that out. So what gave you the kind of confidence to go jump in on that being a gift and what you could do with it? Well, I think just exactly what you just said, right? I think that we're kind of blind to our gifts as a default. I think, you know, our humanity and I think that the way that our, especially I think in North America, you know, the way that our our culture is set up is to be humble and don't be too big or too loud, you know, don't brag, don't think too much of yourself, you know, all of that. And so, and for women, especially, I will also say. And so I think, you know, that just being a part of who I was, I couldn't see it until suddenly I could see it and then I couldn't unsee it. And I was like, oh, right, this is like, and really because it had never occurred to me because it was so easy for me, like this, you know, idea that somebody would tell me that they want to like, you know, build a the first coffee shop on the moon. And I'd be like, let's do that. And I know exactly how, and we got to start here. And like, yes. Right. So because it came so easily to me, I assumed that everybody else could do it. Like, cause there's nothing really special about me because I'm not that special. And so what's interesting is that, you know, the last 10 years having my business, number one, it gave me the opportunity to like, see that and then not be able to unsee it anymore. And so then that peaked a whole new opportunity for me to see myself differently. And that has been this like amazing trajectory to be on because now I sit here 10 years later and I'm like, I am effing awesome. Like I can do all this stuff. And like this career that I had was so perfectly aligned to put me where I am right now. And, you know, to like help me serve my clients in the ways that I do. And like, I'm a great mom. And I'm like, like, I have no problem talking about how great I am now. And I feel, and I feel no shame in that anymore, you know? So I think it's easier now for me to be able to see potential in myself and to feel like it's such a generous gift to then share it when I see it in others, because I know how easy it is for us to not want to, you know, allow ourselves to see that in ourselves. So yeah, so I think it was exactly as you said, right? Like somebody peaked that potential for me, pointed it out, they like shined a spotlight on it. And I was like, oh, this was a blind spot. I didn't even know that was there. And now that it's there, it's like, holy wow, the flip gates are open and now I see all the potential. So yeah, great question. That's a great story for sure. What do you think shifted in you to going from the kind of the cultural shame, especially, you know, on women to like, you know, stay small, don't brag, all these things to, yeah, I'm awesome. Check what I get to do. What's <laughs> <laughs> shifted? God, so that's such a great question. I love this conversation because the people that I'm closest to, this is the kind of stuff that we talk about a lot. Like, I think we talked about this some too the last time we connected about how fascinating humans are to me. Like, oh my gosh, it's just fascinating what we do and what we, you know, the stories that we agree to within ourselves and as a society and as a collective, you know, humanity. And so I think a lot of things shifted within me and it's been incremental. You know, I would say that I could probably backtrack my personal growth journey to when I was starting when I was like, I don't know, 20, 21, maybe. And my cousin who I was visiting in Denver before I decided to move to Denver, she gave me the way of the peaceful warrior to read. And she's like, you should just check this out. Like she really like stewarded my spiritual awakening. And so it's been this incremental journey that has had, I I feel like, you know, if it was like a video game, right? Like I was just kind of like 
cruising along, cruising along and like, you know, picking things up, finding a coin here or there, like Super Mario Brothers. And then like certain things would happen or have happened, especially over the last, you know, five years or so, 10, like probably since I had my business where I'll like hit a power up and then I'm like, zoom, like, oh, wow, that like I have this amazing insight. Now I like see things in a whole new way again. So I would say that that realization about my business was probably one of them feeling empowered enough to start a business to begin with and to leave my job, I think was another one. And so I think because I'm so insanely curious, that has just led me like down all these roads. And what's really also interesting, I think, is that along the way, there's been all this self-doubt, you know, like I sit here and I, and like, I still have it, you know, like I know I'm, I'm awesome. And I can, you know, finally really like deeply connect to the idea that I like myself and that I love myself. And that's a new thing for me, but you know, there are still moments where I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing or like, I don't have any idea what's going on or like what I'm doing. And, but as over time, you know, that was much more prevalent. That was much, you know, more in the way. And so I think that, you know, the, my curiosity and my willingness to just move in the face of fear like that's been the difference maker, like those two things, like leaning on my curiosity and my willingness to take risks and to just say like, okay, I mean, it's scary, but I'm going to do it anyway. And so the thing that's funny that I was trying to say before is that, you know, I can remember being the me that was me 20 years ago, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, and feeling like I would look back on the me that was me prior to that and feel like she was so dumb or like she didn't take chances or she was too scared or she didn't, you know, like all this story that I like created about myself and who I used to be. And so where I sit now, what's really lovely is that I can look back and go like, wow, I was so unkind to myself then. And like, oh my gosh, look at all the things that I was willing to do. Look at all the risks that I was willing to take that I thought were nothing, you know, like I'm just going to go and like, you know, raise $10,000 for cancer and run a marathon. I've never run before in my life. And like, I'm going to become a triathlete. Let me try that out. I'm going to go like, you know, try this flying trapeze thing and just see what that looks like. I'm going to go, you know, at 44, get into gymnastics again, even though I haven't done it since I was seven. Like, let me just, you know, why not? And so, but at the time, these things never felt like, interesting, monumental. Let me quit my, you know, six figure a year cushy job, you know, fortune 25 and like do this thing that is like a complete unknown. And like my now ex-husband was like, what are you thinking? You're, this is the worst (laughs) idea ever. Right. Like, and so, but at the time I was like, I, you know, I'm just going to like do it, I guess, but it never felt particularly brave or anything like that then. And now I look back on it and I'm like, wow, that was really brave. So that was really brave. So anyway, I don't know if that answers your question, like maybe in a circuitous way, but I think that, you know, my willingness to let my curiosity take me places and to like allow for the fear to be there and to do the things anyway, I think were the things that really shifted the most that allowed for me to get to this place now where I can look back and go, oh, wow, I can be kinder to myself. I can like myself and, you know, but there's been lots and lots and lots of work and practices and things in very intentional and very intentional way along the way. So. Yeah, that's a very long answer to your mm, definitely answers the questions. Well, and I think you touch on an important piece, which is what confidence really is. So I think part of the struggle is that, you know, society, the system, people around us, you know, whatever it is, teaches us that confidence is knowing everything and knowing exactly when you need to be doing it and be the best. And when when it happens, and that's not 
true. Confidence has nothing to do with knowing everything and knowing how to do everything. Confidence is actually the opposite. It's knowing that, no, I'm never going to know everything. I'll walk into many situations where I have no clue what to do right now, but I do know that I can ask questions, that I can learn, that I can connect the dots, that I can establish maps, that I can be curious. And is it scary? Yeah, but I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) That's true confidence. You're so right on. I love that. That's exactly the thing. You know, I have a seven, almost she's going to be eight next next week, eight-year-old daughter and, you know, single mom. And I'm like, like, as we do, right. Like, we're like, I'm going to, I'm going to raise my kid, right. I'm going to do better than my parents did. And just like, they thought about their parents and they thought about their parents and, you know, whatever, but I am very intentional because I'm raising a woman, like I'm raising a young woman. And this is one of the things, you know, because she has a lot of you know, of angst and she gets really worried about stuff. And I'm like, man, then she wants to know the answers and she wants to know the outcomes. And the reason that I, at five years old, you know, with the lemonade stand was like, I know how we're going to do it was because it was very uncomfortable for me to not be in control of exactly how it was going to go. And so that is one of the things that I've had to let go of. But I think to your point, right, the real true self-confidence is in the letting go and the not knowing and allowing ourselves to just sit with the discomfort of that, which is very, very uncomfortable for humans. Like we are not wired for that. Our brains are like, we must be safe. We must know the answers. We got to figure it out because there's a saber tooth tiger waiting for us around the corner. And if we're not prepared for that, then we're totally screwed. And, and I think that if there were like an antidote to what is I say wrong and in, in quotes, right? Like what's wrong with society and humanity right now? It's that we're not curious enough and we're not willing to allow for that discomfort to, with the unknown to just be there because like we're so certain that it's going to kill us. And the reality is that it's absolutely not. And that idea of the not knowing, I think, you know, allows for us to be so much more ourselves, which allows our gifts and our intuition and like, you know, for like the magic of us and the way that we can play in the universe to just show up. I think that can appear when we're not trying so hard and, you know, gripping on and, you know, making a big show of what our perceived definition of confidence is or what it's supposed to look like. You know, I love that. You're so astute. Yeah. I love how you put that, even talking about your story of the five, being five with the lemonade stand. I mean, the idea that you needed to have that control, which essentially gave you some of this gift of like the GPS thinking of having some of these maps out there. And so we end up in our weaknesses and our worries, developing superpowers, which we can't feel as superpowers until we can get into that space of letting that discomfort be discomfort rather than it being a continual defensive mechanism against the unknown, the worry, the fear, the lack of (laughs) thinking it's going to kill us. Right, right. It's really wild, you know, when I think about how many still, right? Like it's still a thing. Like we're like this is just the evolution of being a human, right? Is that we're always going to be, you know, moving through these things and, you know, as we move through time if we're especially if we're like curious, committed to personal growth and are like practicing and intentional about it, right? Like we're going to start to let things go and then they're going to like show up again in other new ways. And so, you know, one of the things that I say often is that the areas where I have had those power-ups in the game of, you know, of like evolving as a human, the areas where I've had the most accelerated opportunities to really get to know myself and to challenge the stuff that has held me back are in my parenting as a business owner and in dating. 
Like those three areas have historically been the biggest mirrors for me about where my opportunities lie in terms of growth and looking at all the things that I'm afraid of because holy wow, right? If they're not, I mean, if that's not the big three, I don't even know what else could possibly be in there. You know, I mean, like probably looking at my own death would be the next one, but that is something that I don't think we want to like get too close to. And I keep trying to walk closer to it because I'm like, that's the big whammy right there. Because underneath it all, anything that I'm afraid of when it comes to being a parent running my business or dating is always like, oh, but I'm going to die for sure. If that doesn't go the way that it's supposed to, I am definitely going to die. So if I can like walk closer to what it might feel like to not be a part of humanity anymore at all and like get a little bit more comfortable with that then like oh my gosh the whole game changes because then you know what is there to be afraid of anymore nothing because that is the ultimate unknown it's a good one yeah did you think we were going to talk about death were you guys were you guys like yeah we're hoping so that's That's a goal for every podcast but very few people (laughs) like to go there (laughs) <laughs> just get people to confront their mortality <laughs> right exactly let's just talk about it why not why not but everything you said is so true willing, right like it's, it's all like willing. every thought is like i'm not gonna survive this but right. that's not really the fear that's the surface you know that's what we call it but it's not well we're not gonna survive everything no we are gonna die that's the one thing we're guaranteed right, <laughs> right. so right. what is it that we're actually afraid of is it being ridiculed because that means we're outside? Is it being told that we're not as great as we are? Like, what, what's the actual fear? Because it's not dying. <laughs> what I think is so interesting is that I think that it is. Like, I think there's like the fear up here. So like my daughter, right, for instance. So she's got an audition for or the local production of Finding Nemo. And so she's auditioning next week. And we started talking about it again because it hasn't been on her radar. And I'm like, oh, which song do you think you're going to sing? And she's like, it's my birthday. And I'm like, what? And she's like, it's her, the audition's on the 8th and her birthday's on the 10th. And she's like, I'm so scared. And I'm like, okay, all right, let's just talk about it. And so like, we're unpacking it, you know, and so she's afraid, like, because she's, you know, not even in age, she can't even really articulate what it is that she's afraid of, but she's worried that she's going to forget the words, she's going to mess it up, it's not going to be perfect. Like, that's the thing, right? So again, she's got that same kind of control thing, mechanism like I have had, and continuing on very with kindness to self trying to let go of, but it's not going to be perfect. And I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? Right. And so when we think about that, like if it's, you know, somebody who's like making a big, you know, risky decision in their business, right. If you guys were going to like go and like try to acquire another, another company to partner with, to, you know, to bring, you know, a whole new level of services to the clients that you work with, like that's risky. Right. And so like there's unknown on the other side of that. And so our body, I think is in training with that unknown. And is like, that feels very edgy because what might happen. We don't know. Holy wow. If it doesn't go well and, you know, we've invested all this money and and then, oh my gosh, our reputation's on the line and oh my gosh, our families are counting on us. And oh my gosh, what if the business goes under and then holy shit, I might end up under a bridge and die alone. And so I think it like, if you just follow it all the way down, it always comes down to like that. It's like the same thread of like the same resonance of, you know, it's not going to be perfect when I sing fish our friends not food mama feels the exact same way to her as i'm going to die because the unknown is just what we're afraid of is like that is the ultimate unknown and so if we can say like but it's all unknown there's nothing 
fucking known. We can't like literally nothing, right? Like I could be sitting here and you could be watching me on Zoom here and like three seconds from now, an alien spaceship could like beam me up and you'd I'd be like, peace out, guys. I'm going to a party on Mars. But like that's pot, like anything is possible. Anything can happen. And so if we can like get closer to embracing the idea that, okay, like if it's all unknown, then I have nothing to be afraid of because I could either be afraid of everything and be completely non-functional, or I could just decide that I'm not going to be afraid of anything. And it's not as easy as that. You can't just like flip it on and flip it off. Right. But that ultimately is like what, like where we could move towards or like, like where I'm at least trying to move towards is like, how do I be less afraid or at least let it not, you know, create reactivity and that impacts my ability to show up in the world and be the best mother, the best coach and, you know, and strategist, be the best friend, you know, partner, like whatever that I can be. So I really like this conversation, you guys. (laughs) Thanks for indulging me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is great. This is exactly what we, I mean, you know, we didn't know we were going to talk about it, but it's it's everything we'd hope to talk about. (laughs) What what the realities of being alive are. (laughs) It's the unknown of connecting to the humans. Honestly, it's like, we never know what we uncover when we talk about uncovering the human. It's like, it's, let's it's see what happens. Known, right? so it's well not known. predictable. Wild West over here. It's great. <laughs> so connecting the dots a little bit, you talked about hey, that you've had some of your biggest power up moments in parenting and the work. And what are some of those that you'd say, like in facing the unknowns, what power ups have you gotten? What are some insights you've had in those domains? Yeah, that's such a great question. So, you know, I think you probably have heard this too, right? Like we, everybody says our children are our greatest teachers. And it's so true because like, I have been, oh man, like every time I look at my kid, I'm like, God, she is amazing. This child is so, she's just the coolest human. She's so fun, so funny, so sweet. And she makes me crazy at times, right? Because she is also so much like me. And she's got that same kind of like discomfort with unknown, wanting to be in control, wanting to know all the answers. And so I look at her and I'm like, wow, okay. So like, where am I? showing up like that still, because it's my job to model for her what's possible because I can talk, 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 talk. I'm very good. Clearly the three of us have determined that already, right? Like very good at talking, but you know, I'm like, that's not how we create change in a seven-year-old, right? Like that's not, or not even that I want to create change in her. That's not how I show her what's possible. That's not how she, you know, is able to entrained to new possibilities or new ways of being, right? And so if she's experiencing discomfort and it's a result of, you know, things that I know are alive within me, then I'm like, oh shit, I got to like, this is for me to figure out for me because it's really for her. And so the closer that I can get to allowing myself to be as free and fully expressed and, you know, not held back by my own mind's limitations, the more potential I know is available for her because then she sees that and entrains with me in that way as well and sees what's possible. And so, you know, and she also resists it because I'm her mom and she's like, oh, you said it? I'm definitely not doing it. No, 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 <laughs> no. That's not true at all because you said it. So, but I think at the end of the day, if I show up in a way that is, you know, big, powerful, you know, with humility and, you know, generosity and gratitude and appreciation for life and like adventure and curiosity and, you know, a willingness just to show up and really explore what it means to be myself. Then I think the potential is there for her to have that and to do that and to be that. 
because I know that my parents didn't have that capacity. And so I didn't have a model for that. And so like, it took me a lot longer and I had to be much more self-driven. And so I see seeds of all that in her and it's very, like, it's very inspiring. And so when I got divorced, like that was a moment in my life where I was like, okay, like I could, you know, take this path that was very similar to my mother's, which was not beneficial for any of us. Or I can like figure this out and figure out how to be as me as I can be and continue to be a powerful force for good in my kid's life. And so that became necessary. So yeah. And then, you know, and like and my business continues to show me those opportunities, you know, my, my growth, my personal growth is commensurate with my business growth. It just is like every time I, you know, the more that I let go, I'm not doing things from a, it's so interesting as a strategist, because like this thing that was you know, my, has historically been my kryptonite is also my greatest gift. And so I have to really balance how I use it because I want my clients to be able to like have the benefit of this skill set. And at the same time, I also like the people that tend to work with me also are like high achievers, very strategic thinkers, you know, they're very mindy, like I historically have been. And so like all the work that I do continues to benefit them too, because I'm like, great, we're going to create an element of strategy. And then we're also going to be totally okay with being unattached and letting go about it. And so like the more that I lean in and learn how to do that myself and continue to evolve in that way, the better my clients' results get because I'm able to impart that to them too. So yeah, it's wild. I don't know if that answers your question, but you know, it's just always there. It's always available. No, I love that I did all of the ideas, but I love being like, hey, you come up with a strategy, come up with a plan and don't be too attached to the outcome. Like give yourself a plan and know that life's going to happen. And then I also love just the living by example, both you're doing it yourself, you see it for your clients, you do it yourself, you can see it in your daughter. There's such a powerful example of, hey, how can I just show up differently? And that gives permission for other people to find their way to show up how they need to show up. Yeah. There's something I think to be said for that exact thing, like exactly the way you said it, that, you know, when we are the most we, like most ourselves as we can be, like when we really are committed to that and willing to explore that, then it creates room for everybody around us to be that too. I think it's, you know, like it feels a lot like empathy as well, you know, when we should show up for people without any agenda, without attachment to outcomes or without attachment to our own stories of who we see them as, or like what we think they are, what our expectations or demands are on who they be, then it just creates space. And that I think is what is like, is so needed in the world right now because everybody's we're all so scared and so we're all trying to control everything and have it fit into these you know boxes and stories that feel okay because if we don't then oh shit we're on this like you know freight train to death and that is the ultimate unknown and what happens oh my god and so but if we could you know allow for you know a little bit more empathy a little bit more curiosity and for like especially starting with ourselves then that I think is what creates the space in the room for healing to happen and for, you know, for us to be able to see one another and not, you know, like, again, I, like I always come back to curiosity because like I look at scenarios where historically I would have had a lot of judgment or like, you know, especially if it's related to like anything political or like any of the things that are dividing the world and especially, you know, our country right now. And I think that there's so much opportunity to just like, say, but why is my way any more right than your way? Like, let's just really like who decided that, you know, and why? And so if I can like not be so attached to, and that doesn't mean that I'm suddenly saying like, no, your way is okay. Even though I fundamentally disagree, I can still fundamentally disagree with 
the way you see the world or the way you want to operate or treat people or like any of those things or like create laws or, you know, whatever that are going to, you know, create less opportunity for others. I'm going to fundamentally disagree with that. And I'm going to, you know, do like whatever I can do to try to build bridges to uncreate that. But at the same time, if I bring empathy to that equation, then I'm not, it's not like resistance meeting more resistance. There's not like, you know, my brick wall meeting your brick wall because we disagree. It's more like, help me understand, like, help me understand how this makes sense to you. Not because I demand it, but because I genuinely want to understand it. Because my sense is that the reason that you feel that way is probably because you're fucking scared. And so if you're scared of something, then that's like, figure out what that is. Is it that you're scared that you're not going to sing the perfect song and then you're not going to get the part that you want in the thing? Is the thing that you're afraid that somebody's going to, you know, break into your house because you have some story about, you know, who the people are that are unhoused that are now living in the center that's being built in your neighborhood. Like, and by the way, that's just not like, that's not who they are. These are the people that, you know, serve you coffee at, at the Starbucks drive through who happened to be laid off three weeks ago and like have nowhere else. To go, right. Like, so anyway, so I think there's like so much opportunity in that, you know, willingness to be curious and kind to ourselves first, because it creates that room for empathy to exist. And then that allows for us to then go, okay, I don't have to be so charged and triggered and activated when things don't look the way that I want them to look. Instead, I can figure out how to build bridges to create solutions and have some level of understanding that will create more opportunity rather than less. Yeah, it's so true. Like the curiosity and the empathy is hugely lacking (laughs) everywhere. It's that piece of what if I don't know? Well, I don't. But what if I don't know the whole story? Because I really don't know the whole story. I saw a post this morning, actually, that was, you know, about opening up that kind of immediate judgment. And I think the post was about, hey, a kid comes into a store and steals $200 worth of candy. And the immediate judgment is like, well, the kid, you know, is a thief. But then the story behind it is like, wait, if you actually stop and realize, like, why would a kid steal $200 worth of candy? I mean, think about that. It's not one candy bar. It's $200 worth of candy. It's like, oh, it's because he's hoping to be able to sell it back at school so that he can help his mom pay rent, who just right. got laid off. Right. So now right. the entire perspective has shifted. Oh, man. It's just like, I say this often that I feel like, you know, we've got these amazing brains. We're so smart as humans. Like we can do so much. And yet we have this like, this amygdala that has not, caught up like the ev- mm-hmm. ev- with evolution, like it just hasn't. Right. And so, because like, it does this very good job of keeping us safe and it's also really dumb. Like it's just dumb. And so that I think is what gets in the way of our ability to be able to see those scenarios and have enough of a pause to go, huh, I wonder what else might be going on here. You know, like, there's got to be a good reason that this is happening. You know, like the kid isn't just a criminal, right? The kid isn't just like, And even if he did go in there just to steal it just for fun, like what happened six months ago that put him on that trajectory to be there just for fun, right? Like just for fun in quotes, right? There's just, it's like, it's so interesting. And I think that again, right? Like the reason that we don't pause long enough for that is like, and the reason that we let our judgments. And I say it like, I'm guilty of it myself too at times, you know, like I'm certain I'm, I will say that like now it's happens much faster for me. Like if I see, you know, a Trump 2024 bumper sticker on somebody's car, like I certainly have a thought, but like within like a nanosecond, I'm like, they must be so scared. 
you know, like, I wonder what specifically they're afraid of, you know, that sort of stuff. So like, I think that it takes a real commitment to that and that either like me, you know, nine and a half years ago, I hadn't like even seen the potential for like me you know, having this, like looking at myself this other way and seeing the the possibility for my business to be different. I think sometimes other people just don't like they've grown up in such a way, or they've, you know, lived their life in such a way, or they've surrounded and insulated themselves in communities that, you know, speak and act and behave and do in such ways that they just don't even know what else could be possible. And so that creates this great opportunity for, you know, for folks to just kind of be stuck where they are and to not you know, not even know that like that pause could be useful or, you know, beneficial, not only to the other person, but to themselves. Like that's the other thing I feel so fascinating about it is that when we take that pause, you know, like I don't feel good when I'm triggered and I'm like wanting to, you know, flip off the person with the Trump stick, right? Like I don't, it doesn't feel good to me to feel that way. It feels much better to go like, oh man, I must be so lost and so scared. And then to like, figure out, well, how might I connect with that person? You know, like not even because I feel like I want to change them or change their mind or anything like that, but just because connection is helpful. And I think that especially for people that are moving through the world on a foundation of fear, like if that's what their, you know, their primary motivator is, or like the energy through which they move through the world, I think those people especially need, you know, more of us to go like, Hey, are you, how you doing? You okay over there? What's going on? What's going on? Really? You know, tell me more about that. Like those kind of conversations I think can be really powerful. That's fascinating. We always think about like, you know, wanting to change the world and you always automatically assume that we have to do something huge or be in charge of something huge. And it, all of the things you've mentioned are active things that we just don't see as active, like choosing empathy, creating space, holding space, getting that connection, being curious. All of those things take an enormous amount of work and are very active endeavors. They just, we don't always categorize them as such. And so I think it ends up being almost discounted just how potent that ends up being and how much of a mindset shift that can change and how much difference that can make in your world and all the people you connect with. It's just maybe hard to know. Maybe people don't understand it all the time. I haven't had a chance to experience it and the amount of active labor it takes to get into those spaces and then make sure you're con- continuing that practice so it becomes more default is truly, it's enormous. It, it is the work. And sometimes I feel like don't see it as such. Yes. I think, you know, the quote about, you know, be the change that you want to that you wish to see in the world, right? Like, I mean, I've I've heard it forever, like for years and decades, right? And it always was like, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, got it. Yes, be the change. Yes, yes, yes. But, you know, to your point, Alex, about what you're saying, right? Like we, I think, especially those of us that are really, and I don't know that there are many of us that are that don't have some, like, I think this is part of the human journey is that we feel some compulsion to want to help the world or change the world or do something big or like whatever, right? Like, And so I think because we all have that seed within us, it also like as it grows, it creates this amazing opportunity for overwhelm because we're like, oh, but that feels so big, right? Like, how am I going to like, I can't possibly do that, right? Like, so the reason that I gave that example before about the people who are afraid of the center that's being built and the home and the folks who are unhoused and what are they going to do? And what's that going to be like? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm scared. Is because this week starting work with a new client was a nonprofit and they're building a center in a community that, and they're experiencing that. And so, right, like, I think that when we think about the bigger issues, right, like whether it's homelessness or poverty or, 
you know, climate change or like all these things, they feel enormous. And so we're like, but I'm only one person. What can I possibly do? And so I'm just not going to bother because it feels very uncomfortable. And like the outcomes of all that feel very uncomfortable. And so I'm just going to like, you know, maybe put my plastic bottle in this recycling bin and hope that it's actually making it to a recycling plant and not ending up in the ocean anyway. And like, I'm just going to like do that. And I'm not, you know, it's like, I can't, like, I just can't because it's too much. And like our systems just can't manage it because of that same discomfort that we were talking about before, like trying to just sit with it and be with it. And like, oh God, it's going to kill me, even though it's not, right? And so I think that because we get so overwhelmed, it's hard to really see. And I will also say that for those of us that are like, but no, I have to do something. And it feels enormous. And so what is that thing I'm going to do? Like, oh my God, I got it. Like that was where I have, you know, historically been because I see the map and because I'm like, well, this is how we got to do it. And I have to do 600 gazillion things. And then I'm going to like, you know, go run for Senate and I'm going to try to, you know, change the world. And like, and so that feels equally overwhelming. And then we're like, I can't do all, I don't have the capacity or the, you know, like I can't, it's not sustainable. So like either we go and we're like, I'm just going to put my little plastic bottle on the thing and like, la la la, everything's fine. It's not for me to worry about. My kids will, their grandchildren will deal with it later, like whatever. Or we're like, I have to do everything and then I'm unsustainable. And then I want to like fall over and die because I can't do anything. So what I think I've come to realize through much tutelage of my best friend and coach Kelly Sheets, who always reminds me that at the end of the day, right? Like, like no matter what else is going on, who we are being determines our result. That yeah, of like be the change that you want to see in the world has because become so much more powerful and meaningful to me over the last like year or so than I think it ever has before, because I can see it and I can really see how, you know, if we just as individuals are willing to like be kind to ourselves, be curious about ourselves, slow down for a minute, take a pause, bring some empathy to ourselves, and then like bring that out to those around us that that truly is the path to solving all the world's problems. Like it really is. And I think, and again, you know, then the strategist in me, the GPS brain is like, okay, so how do we get everybody in the world to figure out how to make these ships and to like learn all this stuff and to change and evolve, right? And I'm like, no, I just have to be me and keep showing up in the world as me as I can be and know that somebody's going to hear the Siamo podcast and they're going to be like, wow, that made a lot of sense. Like I heard that, I've heard these things before and now like, now it makes sense. And I'm going to go like, you know, try to be a little bit more me tomorrow or like whatever, you know, like I think the opportunities are there and we just show up. And even if it's just me, like, you know, talking to the girl on the phone at the hotel, making the reservation and she's like, hi, how are you today? And I'm like, I'm great. How are you? And she's like, I'm fine. And I'm like, are you really, are you sure you're fine? And she's like, what? And I'm like, you don't sound fine. Are you sure you're okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, I'm okay. Right. Like, like, or just smiling at somebody, you know, that would like unexpectedly or, you know, saying like, whatever, these little things I think are so powerful and meaningful and they create a ripple and it feels so trite to say it, but I think it is actually so much more powerful than we give it credit for. And that if more of us were willing to just, you know, like notice when we're not, I noticed in the car on the way to Philadelphia here, I'm like, I'm not smiling. Let me just smile and see like if that lifts my spirit. And oh, like three and a half seconds later, I'm like, wow, I feel awesome. Cause I just like turned on the smile, you know? So, so I think that there's a lot of power in these things that we've 
heard over and over again. But in the practice of it, I continue to to like get more and more and more connected to just how powerful they actually are and how much opportunity there is for us when we are willing to be ourselves, be curious, be kind, you know, be the change, whatever. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's the drop in the ocean. It is one drop at a time. It's the the snowflakes. The snowflakes. It's you want an avalanche? It's one snowflake at a time. It doesn't all come at once. It's not one thing, one big thing. It's just one. Yeah. I love that. I love that you said that that way too, because I think, you know, like number one, I think like incrementally we change ourselves, right? Or like we evolve, right? We transform, we become more ourselves and that all happens incrementally. And that's why I couldn't see it then, like back then, like how brave I was courageous for making these choices or doing these things. And now I can see it. And like, you know, the me that's me, today is different than the me that was me six months ago and six years ago and, you know, 26 years ago. The other thing that I love about the fact that you said that that way too, is that, you know, we like, you know, me being as me as I can be creates this impact, right? And it's one drop in the ocean, but we are all the ocean, right? Like we are all the water in the atmosphere that becomes this individual snowflake. And then like the pile on the ground, like we are all that. And so, you know, like reminding ourselves too, that we're all connected, which again, like it feels so like airy fairy and like whatever, but it's like, we're made up of energy, right? Like physics proves this, right? It's scientifically like, this is science. We are all made up of the same stuff and we are all connected, whether we're like, you know, deciding that we're going to believe that we're in these individual meat suits walking around, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm me and I'm (laughs) by myself and I got to look out for me. Right. But like, truly we're just like, we're all the same. And so I think that that's the other thing that Kelly often reminds me of is that we are all connected. We're all the same. I am you, you are me, this, you know, this chair that I'm sitting in, like, it's all like, we're all one. And that the more that I can really allow myself to feel and believe that and to let go of my ego's desire and need and compulsion to believe something different, the easier it all gets, because then I'm not resisting as I once was, you know, and it's the resistance that gets in the way, you know. So true. Well, we haven't figured out death yet. That may be a whole other podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Trying. I'll let you know when I get there. I think there's like, this is the thing is that I think that there's no figuring it out. Like a lot of times I spent a lot of time like three years ago trying to figure out surrender. Like how do I surrender? I want to surrender. I want to be unattached. I want to let go of all the stuff. I got to like figure it out. And I was like certain that there was going to be this moment where like the skies were going to part and I was going to be like, oh, now I get it. Right. But it's not that. Right. We just like suddenly one day I was like, oh, my God, all those things that I used to be really worried about. I haven't been worried about them in a long time. That's really interesting. I have surrendered like I have gotten to that place, but it wasn't a light switch. It was incremental practice at you know, allowing myself to sit with my discomfort and whatever. And I think it's the same thing with death. I don't, I don't know if it's like figuring it out. I think it's just like, we just continue to be curious about it. We sit with our discomfort about it and we're like, okay, I can be here in this moment with this extreme, you know, uncomfortable feeling of, oh shit, now what? Okay. I didn't die from sitting with this. So I guess I can continue to keep doing that. And then I think one day we like look back on it and we're like, oh yeah, I'm not really afraid of that anymore. Yep. Totally agree for sure. So to close us off, 
two questions. One is, what is your definition of authenticity? You've talked about like us being ourselves. What is that? Yeah. Do you guys know the story of the Golden Buddha? Maybe. Alex, <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, a, like, so, yeah. So there's this, I'm going to like totally mess up the geography of it because I'm ter- terrible at geography, but some, you know. Buddhist- and yeah, you're a map maker. That's interesting. Right. But that's, <laughs> that's a whole other I conversation. Know, I know. Map maker, really. not map knower. I, I am great. Like show me a map. And then like once I learn like where the things are, then I'm amazing. But like, yeah. I can't, no, I can't remember. I don't know. Yeah. The 50s. Anyway. So anyway, so probably somewhere like in the Himalayas, wherever, there was this town and they had this amazing golden Buddha. And it was like huge, like, you know, hundreds of pounds, like stories high. And there was a war and there was like this invasion coming and the soldiers were coming and they were going to like decimate the city. And and so the villagers, they like wanted to preserve their Buddha. So they covered it up in, you know, dirt and sticks and mud and things and, you know, like made it and clay and like made it appear like it was just some, you know, big stone Buddha. So they covered the gold and then they fled and they left for centuries or however long they were gone. And so the ancestors who knew that it was made of gold, like they, you know, died, passed on, whatever. And then years and years and years later, the, you know, emperor, the ruler, whatever was like, let's take that Buddha back to the, you know, the temple castle place where I live. I want to, let's move that around. And so they went to move it. And again, thinking it was just this like stone Buddha. And in so doing, they realized that like they caked, like some of the stuff came off and they were like, oh my God, there's a gold Buddha under here. Holy wow. And so they like, you know, took it all off and whatever. And so the reason that I love this story and I actually wrote about it in my book, The Hustle Free Business is because I feel like that's our authenticity, right? Like we spent, like we are born totally perfect beings. Like we know who we are. We're infused with that at birth. And then we spend our lives through conditioning and, you know, our family life and our societal, you know, whatever, and like the choices that we make and the paths we walk, caking on all this stuff to cover up who we are to protect ourselves because, right, like we don't want the terrible army to come and like, you know, take our golden Buddha away, right? Like we protect ourselves with all of that. And that authenticity is our, you know, our willingness to like, start to get curious and to be like, maybe there's something else under here. Like, what else could that be? And so like our willingness to just go inward and peel off some of those layers to find, you know, what is truly like so golden, perfect, you know, utterly ourselves that feels like lightness and ease and not trying and not efforting. And it's just effortless. That to me is like authenticity and our, you know, expression of our authentic selves. Love the story. And I didn't know about the golden Buddha. Yeah. And it's a true story. Yeah. It's amazing. That's I told cool. it terribly because I made it sound like it was not, but it is a true story. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really cool story. And Thanks. one last question for you as well. Where can people find you? Yeah. Great question. So I would say a couple of places. My website is amyburks.com, A-M-Y, B as in boy, I-R-K-S.com. I've got a cool thing there for folks that want to figure out how to more authentically convert more clients. So I've got a cool little download there if anybody wants that to like be themselves and make more sales. And then I'm on LinkedIn, usually three days a week. This week I'm taking off, but three days a week, you can find me on LinkedIn talking about stuff like this and how to simplify your business model and scale without having to sacrifice the things that are really important. So yeah. That's thanks awesome. for yeah. And we'll definitely have those in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. You guys, this was so fun. Thank you for thank you talk about all this stuff. It's so fun. Yeah. Thank, oh, thank you. you. This is great. Yeah. Great conversation. Lots of insights.
Go be the snowflake and the drop in the ocean. Yes. <laughs> Especially the snowflake. Big time. <laughs> we embrace snowflakes. So Great. go be the snowflake. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Uncover the Human, a Siamo podcast. Special thanks to our podcast operations wizard, Jake Lara, and our score creator, Rachel Sherwood. If you have enjoyed this episode, please share, review, and subscribe. You can find our episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. We would love to hear from you with feedback, topic ideas, or questions. You can reach us at podcast at wearesiamo.com or at our website, wearesiamo.com, LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. We Are Siamo is spelled W-E-A-R-E-S-I-A-M-O. Until next time, listen to yourself, listen to others, and always uncover the human.